We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yo, what up, my people? KJ Podcast is now known as Striking Gold Welcome to the new program. Welcome to Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network. Company I launched, company that's thriving. Welcome Rob Loader and Eric Crocker to the fold. They are not going to be co-hosts necessarily to me. The solo KJ podcast will roll on. I'll probably have some guests from time to time. But Rob and Eric are going to have their own podcast within this feed as well. We're trying to evolve content and give 49ers fans... Um, an introduction to more things at once. So we're going to experiment here. We've rebranded. I took three months off. I had to focus on Blue Wire, the business. You know, picture it like I was a player and I had a knee scope and I was out for three months. I hope you guys missed my 49ers content. I will be giving takes later on the entire roster, things to look for in training camp, trends that I'm thinking about this season. Before we get there, I gotta, I gotta, I don't want to say brag, but I gotta tell you what's been going on. In May, we got accepted into 500 startups. Um, Blue Wire was one of the investments the venture capital firm made in San Francisco. 150k for six percent of the business. I've been working out of the 500 startups office the last three months. Kept it a secret a while. They. They think it's smart to do that. We have a demo day coming up in August where we're all pitch on stage. And so we announced it on Monday and there was an article in front office sports. Our investor, shout out Clayton Bryan. We think this is just the start of Blue Wire. We think we're going to get to hundreds and thousands of podcasts. 
and really change the audio space. So I'm so freaking excited. We're building an amazing team. It's been unreal. Ten, it's been an unreal 10 months. We have some more cool partnerships, taking a lot of interesting phone calls with, with big names right now. Um, couldn't be more excited. I want to thank KMBR for letting me go in August of 2017. I would probably still be stuck there. And my Niners coverage would probably be a little bit better. And I'd probably have 23,000 followers instead of 15. And I probably would have traveled and done stuff. But ultimately, that was going to take me nowhere. And that radio station doesn't develop young talent. And most radio stations around the country have had their old hosts just in place for 20 years. So we're starting Blue Wire and we're going to continue to dominate. And you're going to hear me talk about Blue Wire and media and tech on my new podcast, The Upload, which will be launching sometime in August. So now we're here. We're here on Striking Gold. Had to get that off my chest. Feeling fantastic right now. Going to stay humble. Not going to get too cocky. You know, we're going to ride this this wave, this little win right now. But, um, you know, I love the team we're building. I could shout out all 80 people right now, part-time, thriving at Blue Wire. So appreciate everyone for listening. 49ers fans, help me start this company. You guys made me believe that you can create content this way. You can be really good at Twitter and a podcast, and we will actually consume stuff that you're doing. You don't need a traditional website. You don't need a traditional Press pass if you have credibility and a voice that matters and resonates. Um, and, and that's our team. We do obviously have legit credential journalists. Chris Biederman is going to be at camp. Rob Loader is going to be at camp. But this gap in the market we are filling. All right, I'm done with that. Let's talk Niners. Let's talk shop. Let's talk ball. Not a whole lot happened the last three months. It was a quiet offseason. No Jimmy G with porn stars. You want July and June to be quiet. And... What I thought we'd do today on Striking Gold, <laughs> I feel like Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince, the KJ podcast, you guys know I love saying that. All right, what we're going to do is talk about storylines I'm excited about and then talk about storylines I'm, I'm a little concerned about with this football team and why you know it's a coin flip. Are they going to be 8-8 eight and eight or are they going to be 10-6? and six? It's, it's going to be such a fine line. It's crazy. Like I think they're going to have a, a good season. But it goes from good to great by going 10 and 6. Like 8 and 8 sucks. You look at 8 and 8 and you're like, ah, we didn't do that much this season. 10 and 6, you're feeling amazing. And that's the NFL for you, man. Like like 5 to 10 plays could shape the entire season. I think the 49ers are in much better shape to make plays. That's exciting storyline number one. The roster is finally explosive. You can talk about this backup and this and that. The, The main thing about this roster is that D Ford changes the defensive line. Nick Bosa changes the defensive line because of their athleticism. Tevin Coleman, explosive. Debo Samuel, explosive. Look at what George Kittle did last year. Kyle Shanahan's going to get people in space. The defense is going to be flying around a lot more. We'll talk about the secondary. (laughs) Because I'm always concerned about them. But, you know, pound for pound, 1 through 53, look at the whole running back stable. Jet McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, is just pure speed and pure shiftiness. You've got people who can get the football in their hands now. You know, no true star player on offense besides George Kittle. Jimmy G's going to have to prove himself. Mike McGlinchey's going to continue to prove himself. So George Kittle is going to carry the same load. Is he going to be a Hall of Fame tight end if he if he breaks records like he continues to do? I don't, you know, you're going to see a step back from George Kittle this season. I think that's okay. 
If he has 1,100 yards instead of 1,400, it means Jimmy G spreading the ball around more. There's a lot more explosiveness on offense. Um, yeah, let's just go right there. Jimmy G, the most exciting thing about him is Pat Mahomes. And let me explain this. Pat Mahomes took the league by storm last year because he can play off schedule. Really like anyone else we've ever seen. But I think Jimmy G's strength is playing off schedule and letting the play break down. And the way the NFL is trending, um, the way coverages are, the, the way the play breaks down, Jimmy G is going to thrive more in today's NFL. As, so I think a lot of his major highlights this year, I think you will see more 40, 50, 70-yard plays because Jimmy G is looking for Dante Pettis streaking down the field because he's made someone fall. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a fine balance here playing in Kyle's system. Kyle likes play action and setting up a big play by doing a bunch of running plays and, you know, having Jimmy G throw a couple outs, lull the defense to sleep and then do something big. So there's a balance here. And, and, and to me, Jimmy Garoppolo has been better in the shotgun than under center. So that's the big storyline early for me. Um, I think he's going to be in all 11 on 11s. I think he starts preseason week one. I don't think Kyle is going to be a pussy about this. Do some live action, jump around, see what, you know, defense is flying at his feet. I think Jimmy G will play in the preseason. There's been a lot of people who said he won't. I haven't followed every word Kyle has said the last three months, so maybe he said he won't. But I would play Jimmy G in the preseason. I would get him dancing around, get him a little comfortable. I don't want that feeling week one because you're going to struggle a little bit. You're, you're, you could stumble out of the gates, and the schedule early on is where the 49ers need to capitalize. So to me, obviously, you know, Jimmy G could have some some off days here. He could go for two days and then have an off day because the ACL is is swelling a little bit. Um, I'm high on him. I'm a little concerned that the expectations are out of whack and people are picking the 49ers to win the division. I told you the Rams losing the Super Bowl is going to open a little bit of a window here. People are not hot on the Rams. There's no way they're going to go 13-3, and 12-4 again. They are going to hit some turmoil this season. I mean, Sean McVay is brilliant and they have an amazing roster. But at a certain point, I think the Rams are going to hit a wall this year. There's going to be an opening. It's, it's about the 49ers. It's about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, there's, there's 53 men on the team here. But I think Jimmy G is going to make off-schedule plays and, and help this football team win. But I think there's going to be the growing pains that we saw week two against Detroit last year. Um, you're going to get a mix of 2017 where he's brilliant and a mix of early 2018 where he just hasn't played enough football, guys. Sam Darnold has taken more snaps and played more games in the NFL than Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, in games played, he's technically still pretty much a rookie. A second-year quarterback will give him. He, he sat a long time. There's going to be some weird jitters early. Um, and that's why you, you could see the running backs really take focus early on. Take the pressure off Jimmy G. Have Kyle get the running game going early on. What was the point that I hammered in 2018? Why was last season good? You guys, if you've been listening for a while, you know. They got the running game established. They were losing games, but the offensive line really knows how to block now. And Matt Breida knows how to hit holes. We'll, you know, Tevin Coleman's used to this. So where I'm concerned about the running backs is Jet McKinnon coming off rehab, not going to get the snaps probably he needs in training camp all the time. I think he's behind the eight ball. I think it could be Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman really as the one-two punch to start the season. And then it... Once one of them is, starts struggling, then Jet McKinnon's inserted in. 
Obviously, Raheem Mostert's making the team is one of the best special teamers in the league. Kyle recently said, you know, all four are going to make the roster. Someone put that report out um, and are going to be active on game day. And I think that's fair. Week one to have all four active and see how that works out. You know, you have to see how injuries shake out. Week one, you can get away with this. But then you start injuries start piling up. and You're like, oh, crap, I don't have a backup linebacker. Um, Jarek McKinnon might be down for this game. So it's going to get awkward for one of the running backs later in the year. There's no way all three are going to thrive. Um, and my bet right now, oh, man, it's, it's just too early to tell. It's between Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman, though. I would say he's going to have the bigger year. And I'm leaning Tevin. I'm leaning Tevin. Um, the fact that he came here, I know it wasn't, it wasn't an early deal in free agency, but they wanted to get the money right. It was a good deal. Two or three years, eight and a half million. That's he can make catches out of the backfield. So I, I think Tevin Coleman is really employed as a as a receiver. I think Kyle can get really creative, potentially lining him up as like an H back behind George Kittle, like off to the side. Um, I, I think you're going to see some very creative formations this year with all the chess pieces. Now Kyle has been able to cobble together. Year three, 49ers. So much to discuss. I mean, we're just going position by position. Kyle Juszczyk's valuable. I mean, this is why I stayed off Twitter these last three months. People are really debating if he's a good player. There's just nothing to talk about. Kyle Juszczyk's a good player. We all agreed the 49ers overpaid for him because they were in that spot when Kyle and, and John Lynch took over year one and had all the surplus of cap room and didn't want to outbid people. And Kyle didn't want to play musical chairs at fullback. He'd rather have someone dominate this role on his team and help set up things in the run game. Juszczyk had good chemistry. Remember week one in Minnesota last year, deep catch down the sideline. I think the preseason game last year against the Texans had, or no, even last, you know, 2017 against the Texans was making big plays with Jimmy G. You know, Kyle Juszczyk matters. Um, all right, receivers, this is where it gets interesting here. There's going to be someone left out. Right now, it feels like it's going to be Kendrick Bourne. All right, let's go through the six that are going to make the team and be on the active roster. Obviously, Dante Pettis, one. Debo Samuel, two. Jalen Hurd, three. Good God, I forgot about Jalen Hurd the last few months. How exciting is it going to be? I think this is going to be a redshirt year for him. But, I mean, he's obviously making the roster. Four, Trent Taylor. He's making it. There was way too good a chemistry with Jimmy G in 2017 to give up on that early. Even if he struggles in training camp, even if he has a bunch of drops in the preseason, he's not getting cut. You, you got to work with him a little bit, especially with Wes Welker in the building. Trent Taylor has has a spot on this team, and he's probably only going to have 20, 30 catches this year. I don't, there's no way he gets to 40, but his role is going to matter. You're not going to be able to look at everyone's stats this year because I think Kyle really is going to be able to spread the ball around. And then, I mean, so spots five and six are between Richie James, Jordan Matthews, Marquise Goodwin, and Kendrick Bourne. A lot of you can automatically say, oh, Marquise Goodwin for sure. <sighs> I think they might be closer to thin ice with Marquise Goodwin than, than some people realize. I think they might be able to trade him too for a sixth or a seventh round pick, which is not out of the question. And there could be injuries as well too, so it's too early with him. Last year was just what we saw most of his career. He was banged up had some key drops. I mean, he did have a couple big plays. 2017, he was amazing too. So that's why it's like moving on from him seems crazy because, wait, Jimmy G only played a few games last year. And remember what he did with Marquise Goodwin? So it's like, okay, 
shouldn't he be able to do that with Debo Samuel anyway? Not necessarily. Like, so I, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of keeping Marquise Goodwin on the roster here. And so then spot six is Jordan Matthews, a reliable veteran, Kendrick Bourne, a young player with, with upside. Oof. It's a tough choice for me here because I think Jordan Matthews said this before. It reminds me of when Kyle helped sign Miles Austin in Cleveland and really rejuvenated his career. Similar skill sets there. I could see Jordan Matthews getting some run here, especially if there's an injury to Dante or, or Debo. Um, those guys are going to be a little bit interchangeable. You know, Jordan Matthews is probably more the Debo role, like the underneath role. Dante Pettis more of the stretch receiver. Um, God, Dante Pettis, I'm so pumped. Can he become the number one receiver? That's the big question mark. That's not, I'm not concerned about the receivers. I think they're in a good spot. They're, they're in the best spot they've been in San Francisco in a long time. That's, that's the most expi- exciting part if you're a 49ers fan. Like, there's finally some weaponry here, and the 49ers focused on it in the draft. And you feel it really just like looking up and down the roster. And I'm sure the reporters will feel it like during training camp. The most noticeable thing is, dude, these receivers are, are good. They've, they've made an investment in the position. They're trying to help Jimmy G. I mean, think of their last two first-round picks, Mike McGlinchey. And, well, obviously they took Bosa, but, I mean, Debo Samuel is pretty much a first-round pick. You're picking 33, 34, 35, 36 there. Um, that was the receiver. I had number one on my board for a second-round grade there. Um, I, I love the fit. How electric is he going to be this season? Yeah, I think he does fit the Pierre Garçon role underneath. He's your underneath guy and can really do some things with the football after the catch. I think he's going to fit into the locker room. Great, big personality. 49ers really building something there. Tight ends. I mean, this is this is George Kittle's league. This is becoming George Kittle's team in a sense, too, where he is the outward class clown. But as John Lynch has said, this dude has a routine that he does every day with weights and his diet and film study. And I, he's become a model already for younger players coming in. This is what this is amazing when you have a fifth round pick who becomes a superstar. All of a sudden, your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks think they can achieve the same thing. It creates this feeling of why not me? And then all of a sudden, your locker room is more focused. But then George Kittle knows how to have fun and be you know laugh and be call attention to himself. They really stumbled into something special with him. And again, I think his stats go down this year, but his importance is so big. Um, he's got to get better in the red zone. That's his, that's where I'm concerned. You know, I shouldn't have started the word concerned. That's where he's got to improve. I'm excited about him, him after the catch. He's basically a receiver. And again, with the for- formation creativity Kyle's going to use, God, it feels good to be talking ball again on the Striking Gold podcast. Kevin Jones, Blue Wire Sports Podcasting. We are leading the conversation. We got our mission statements done. Um, again, I'll be launching a podcast called The Upload. Make sure you um, are aware of that listening. Let's do a couple ad reads right now. Um, actually, our first sponsor, Sutro, I did sign myself. So <laughs> I'm doing a little business, man. I'm sending out our media by Sutro is awesome. We're going to hear from them and eight sleep right now. We have got a new sponsor to the Blue Wire family, mysutro.com. If you have a swimming pool or your friends and family have swimming pools, they know keeping the water clean 
is very difficult. It's easy to test, but then what do you do after it? If it says the water is not clean, Sutro has solved this problem. It's a free pool chemical calculator, takes the hassle out of treating the pool. It's a simple text-based interface, allows you to test text and then treat your pool. MySutro.com slash BlueWire, Sutro's free pool calculator. If you own a pool or you have friends or family who do, just tell them about Sutro. It's simple, it's safe, it's a new startup blowing up. It's a convenient way to treat your pool water. We're taking the guesswork out of this stuff. So mysutro.com slash blue wire. Highly recommend these guys. Shout out to Ravi, Jari, and the team over there. To be honest, man, sleep has been a huge reason why I've kind of done well here with Blue Wire in the last 10 months, grown the company. Um, eight sleep is a new betting company that actually is taking this very seriously. Latest trends are going to surprise you. Like sleep is is the new thing here that that very successful people are focusing on. So 8sleep has the pod. It's it's the ultimate sleep machine. It's the first and only high-tech bed designed to help you achieve peak mind body performance. I mean check it out. 8sleep.com slash blue wire. If you want to optimize sleep and you're ready to make an investment on sleep, I recommend 8sleep. I've talked to these guys. I've tried out the product. It's absolutely worth it. If you know, you can try it for a hundred nights for free. If you don't love it, they'll refund the whole thing. It's worth it. 8sleep.com slash blue wire. Limited time, $150 off your purchase. 8sleep.com slash blue wire. Check them out. These are our guys. Striking gold. What up, people? Welcome back. Thanks to our sponsors, Sutro and 8sleep. Yo, it's actually a big deal if you even just go onto their websites, mysutro.com slash bluewire, 8sleep.com slash bluewire. It helps me out. Just the page view that I'm getting for them. So help out Bluewire. Check out those two websites. It is much appreciated. All right, O-Line. I am leaning a little more towards concern than excited about O-Line for the simple fact that at a certain point, Lakin Tomlinson, can he continue to play at a high level? And then the right guard situation, Mike Person, can he continue to play at a high level? Mike Person got the three-year extension. I don't love the interior of the 49ers offensive line right now. Weston Richburg actually did not have that good of a season last year and got a very big payday and is probably one of the more questionable signings up until this point. He has a lot to prove this season. Jimmy G's going to make the O-line look a lot better. He's you know, he's good under pressure. Nick Mullins made the O-line look better. It was a CJ Pethard issue that we figured out early last season. This guy holds onto the football too long. Um, we'll analyze the backup quarterback situation. We're just taking a macro high-level view of the O-line right now. I think they're going to be fine. And like I said, I think they're going to be leaned on heavily early in the year as a run-blocking unit as Jimmy G gets back into the swing of things. Uh, but, yeah, like, I don't think you can count on Lake and Tomlinson and Mike Person both playing at a high level this season. It the It just doesn't add up, like, Lakin Tomlinson was acquired for a late round pick as a gamble, and now he's a starter. And like they 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 didn't really address interior O line this offseason. You thought they would they would bring in some type of guard. They brought in McGlinchey as the next piece to take over. Joshua Garnett's probably 
if he makes the team. I mean, he's he just doesn't fit what what's going on right now in San Francisco. I think they're a better run blocking unit than pass blocking unit. Joe Staley's thirty four years old. He just got an extension, little bump up of money. Um, you know, he's been so solid his whole career. There's not going to be any drastic drop off from him this year, but. There were a couple games where he, he got beat last year. I mean, he, he had a fine season last year. You can't dominate at 34 years old in the NFL. He's turning 35 August 30th. Like, it's, it's a body thing. It's, it's nothing against Joe Staley. If he does, I'll be the first one to say, you know, I, I'm expecting a little bit of decline from the O-line this year, which is, which is a little troubling. Like, every other position on offense, I feel like, is on the upswing. O-line, I can see there being some issues as Jimmy G knocks the rust off, as he holds onto the ball too long, as there's some miscommunications with some switches and some protections. And I don't know, they've stayed relatively healthy too the past few years. Certain times, some of this catches up. Um, you know, Mike Person, also 31 years old. I don't think they're going to be the week-to-week issue like secondary could be. I don't think they're the weakness of the football team. And I could be wrong about them as well. It's like I'm not convinced that um, th- this isn't my strongest take ever. But I, I could see early in September people being like, what the fuck with the O-line? Oh, man, are you serious? And the 49ers are winning games. I think it's because the O-line is playing well. I think they matter a lot more than people understand. And it's obviously, oh, football is one of the trenches. They matter every week. But they're, they're not getting the spotlight right now. It's, it's literally the same exact unit from last season. They're bringing that intact. So, I mean, that's the one good thing. They got continuity at that position. Almost said KJ podcast. Striking gold, man. I love the artwork. Shout out Russell Preston. Put that together. Um, I, I like the brand we're putting together. It's visually appealing. 49ers on defense. Let's break it down. Let's get into it. New wide nine alignment that was overcovered all spring. It's still basically pretty much the same thing. Um, it, it could hurt the 49ers on the run defense. So what is the snap breakdown? How much is Nick Bosa going to play his first season in the NFL? Is he a three-down player right away? And if they're giving some of his snaps to Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead, I'm actually not that happy about it. I totally get keeping people fresh. But like Nick Bosa needs minimum, I think, of 45 snaps a game and like, you know, if there's 80 snaps, it, it, it totally depends. But like he should be in on first and third downs, I think, every time. If you want to really play musical chairs and bring him out on second down and do all this running around, I'd rather keep someone on the field, especially the second overall pick in the draft, who actually has a bright future. We'll see. I, I don't think it's I don't think he's gonna be Solomon Thomas. He's gonna make an impact right away, but I don't think it's more than six sacks his first season. Um there's going to be an adjustment period with way more athleticism at left and right tackle in the NFL. I do think he swings sides a lot. Depends. Um, he's, he's not your typical Leo from a speed perspective, but he can play and rush to the left tackle. I think ultimately that could be where he ends up um, with majority of his snaps. So, I mean, don't think about starting. Don't think about, you know, Base downs, think about percentage of snaps for Nick Bosa. There's got to be a plan. And my thing that I always bring up on this podcast, who's making these plans? Is Robert Sala the one dictating playing time? Is Kyle allowed to overrule him here? Does John Lynch have his hands in it? There has to be some type of system here because I think giving Solomon Thomas, even though like it's a feel-good story, he's feeling great, um, 
you know, Salman Thomas should be playing inside only. Nick Bosa should not be going to the bench really at all and losing outside defensive end snaps to Solomon Thomas. You know, Eric Armstead's still a good run defender. You know, we we haven't even mentioned DeForest Buckner here, who's arguably the best player on the team. His contract situation, interesting here. I mean, the 49ers, I don't know how aggressively they're pursuing re-signing him. Um, He's got to have 10-plus sacks again this year, put his money where his mouth is. Theoretically, he only benefits by having Nick Bosa and and D Ford here, but again, his stats could be less this year, and same with George Kittle's, and that could mean they still had a better year. They were more disruptive. The defense was better as a whole. So I'm not going to judge DeForest Buckner this year on his overall sack numbers like we have in the past. Let's judge it on what this team ranks in sacks overall. Let's judge it what they rank in run defense. Um, yeah, like like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this team is now explosive. The D line and the running backfield and wide receivers have all been significantly remodeled and there is there's just explosiveness everywhere. So D Ford I'm expecting big things. I he's not your 15 sack a year guy and there's going to be an adjustment period for him too. I think he's between 10 and 12 sacks this year. I think he makes a big splash. I also think he gets caught up in the run game sometimes in the wash and 49ers fans are going to get a little frustrated watching him operate on the right side in the run game and teams kind of attack him in the run and double him over there. So there's going to have to be some kind of counter strategy. Um, and it's not just a safety in the box. The 49ers are going to have to be prepared for teams to run at D Ford. He's not the best run defender. It, it's kind of clear to me. That's where they'll attack the 49ers. Is it DJ Jones getting a lot of the other snaps at, at, you know, nose 49ers have a lot of moving pieces at D line right now. I'm pumped about Kentavious street. As well, too. I really liked his film. I mean, he's very bulky. And what is a D lineman coming off of ACL? Are they going to lose some of that explosiveness? Um, I'm assuming he's going to make the roster. D line is getting crowded here, pulling up the position. Haven't even mentioned Ronald Blair. I thought he was fantastic last season. Remember that Green Bay game? He was helping put them in a position to win. He might have been the best defensive player on the field in like two to three games last year for the 49ers. He, he makes timely plays. be really hard to cut him. Sheldon Day is going to be kind of on the cho- chopping block probably. They just signed a D lineman yesterday. Oh, yeah, Demontre Moore. Contavious Street. My boy Julian Taylor, who they gave absolutely no run to last season and then brought back Eric Armstead and are paying him $9 million this year. It seems reckless. If Armstead makes no impact this year, that was another reckless move and just like a waste of salary cap. So 49ers are going to have a hard time here, I think, getting everyone involved. There's going to be one or two odd men left out. And you hope someone like Contavious Street or Julian Taylor actually really emerges in the preseason and puts fire on some of these other people. And yeah, so I mean, Chris Kusarek, Robert Sala. I think Robert Sala is going to be jumping and dancing a lot on the sidelines this year because the defense is going to make a lot more plays. I think they're in the top half this year in sacks. I think... You know, they're, they're closer to 35, 40, 50 at the end of the year. Uh, they've been, you know, hovering around 25, 30. They're, they've got to make more impact than that. They knew it. They spent big this offseason. D-line is looking a lot better. Let's talk linebackers now. Quan Alexander, obviously, in the fold. This is going to be the big change on defense. Theoretically, should make the defense a lot better. Obviously, he's coming off the ACL as well. 
you know, I'm looking for him to be the spark plug that you thought Ruben Foster was going to be. And, like, this is no disrespect to Fred Warner. He's going to be a, a very serviceable player, borderline pro bowler. But you spend big money on Quan Alexander for him to make splash plays. You want him to be reliable. Of course, you want 100 tackles. But you roll the dice first day of free agency to get a guy like this because you're expecting three or four interceptions, three or four forced fumbles. So, I mean, I am judging him a little harder than you would other normal players. D Ford was acquired in the trade, got the big contract. Quan Alexander was someone they identified day one of free agency. This is what our defense needs. Um, 49ers, I think, look at linebacker a lot differently than other teams around the league. They spent a first-round pick on Ruben Foster. Um, they've, they've misjudged the position a little bit with Malcolm Smith as well. I I think Quan Alexander is going to be very good. I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't make the big impact that people expect. And so I brought this example up a few months back. It's the Baltimore Ravens letting C.J. Mosley go and signing an aging Earl Thomas with that money instead. You know, Earl Thomas has been through injuries, but they clearly value the secondary more than they value linebackers. That's the way I view it as well. You've got to be a top five linebacker in the league for me to pay you serious, serious money on a contract. I think it's a, a position that's replaceable, and I don't think it's a position that ages very well. There's not a lot of 30-year-old linebackers dominating. So we'll see with the 49ers. Quan Alexander is still actually very young. He's he's 24 or 25, so you know he's he's not old. He's been around the league. He's been... A little banged up in the past with some injuries, but he does play with his hair on fire, and that's hopefully literally it's like red. Um, you know, I'm 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 not down on this position. The linebackers are not going to be the weakness of the 49ers. D line is not going to be the weakness of the 49ers. It's the secondary. Dun dun dun. dun. Almost why I took a three month break was like I can't talk about Akilah Witherspoon or Jason Verrett or Jimmy Ward. I've got to give these guys a break. I've got to give my mind a break. It's just football, but <laughs> I'm concerned about the secondary. Richard Sherman's going to do his thing. I expect him to play, you know, at a top 10, top 15 level. He's 31 years old. Um, I thought he was actually better early in the season last year and kind of declined a little bit later. And so, you know, it wasn't like he was coming off the Achilles and struggled. It was like maybe the Achilles you started to see more in late October, November, December because – just it's, it's a lot of wear and tear. He's feeling good. I'm assuming he's going to be healthy all year. If he's not healthy all year, this is where this team could go 6 and 10 or 5 and 11. If Richard Sherman goes down early for 8 weeks, he's got a ruptured this and that, it's it's going to be a devastating blow to the 49ers. Um I am more inclined to see Tarvarius Moore play corner than I am Akilo Witherspoon at this point. I feel like we know who Akilo is. It's not good enough to be a playoff team with him starting at corner is my assessment. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems like Jason Verrett has the upper hand to win that position. Corner, all eyes on um, that position. You're going to have Jimmy Ward coming back too. Where are they going to play him? They love mixing and matching the safeties in the corners here. It's It's really infuriating, but... Um, how about Adrian Colbert coming back too? Remember 2017, we're all talking about Jimmy G in 2017. Adrian Colbert was a defensive leader down the stretch and a reason why the 49ers went on that five-game win streak. You know, he was playing free safety at that time due to all the injuries. I do like him in the box. You have Jaquaski Tartu in the box. Um, 
to me, we'll see how it plays out. I'd rather start Colbert there. I'd rather roll the dice with him. Um, a lot to be played on training camp preseason. Let's see who's positioned in the right spot. I think Tart is best suited as a backup and insurance at this point in his career. Um, 49ers have remained loyal to him. They remain loyal to Jimmy Ward. They remain loyal to Eric Armstead. Those are, you know, very few of the Trent Baalke holdovers remaining, but we still haven't seen those guys make the impact that you want from early round picks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, where are teams going to attack? Obviously the second corner, the 49ers didn't shore up that spot enough. There was options available in free agency. I get they don't want to blow their whole cap room load in one offseason. They've got to kind of ration things out a little bit. But to me, instead of Eric Armstead, you don't really know where to put him. I would rather have spent that $9 million a season on a corner and feel a lot safer and have Witherspoon as your backup and Tarverius Moore as your backup. And, you know, you're teaching him safety now a little bit. They've mismanaged this position. Who's mismanaging it? Is it Robert Sala? Who is making final calls here? Is it John Lynch? If this team goes seven and nine or worse, someone's head's gonna roll. I would bet it would be Robert Sala before John Lynch. John Lynch is more of a whoa, what's going on in San Francisco? If you fire the D coordinator, the 49ers are still pretty much the same identity. Kyle, Jimmy G, um, they need a new set of eyes there. So, you know, Robert Sala is headed, you know, on the hot seat. That said, I don't think he's been terrible these first two years. It's been more of a personnel thing. I have blasted the scheme. I think having a safety close to the line of scrimmage in today's NFL, I don't think the 49ers have the right personnel to play the scheme in the secondary. They're getting it everywhere else. Their bet is that the D-line is going to be so much improved that now the secondary is going to look better. So they put all their chips in D-line thinking that, hey, our secondary is not that bad. If, if we pressure quarterbacks and force them to get rid of the ball quicker, our secondary is going to look pretty good. It's been, oh, you know, they've had all day to throw, and that's happened. So this unit is going to be the weakness of the team. I'm going to be shocked. I'm honestly going to say, wow, question my football mind. If this secondary is a top five unit in the league, they're shutting everyone down. They will have shut me up for sure because I've been on their ass all off season. And like, come on, I want this to be a positive podcast. I'm not negative Nancy. I'm not Grant Cohn. I do keep it real as shit here though. If you're new to striking gold, if you're coming in from Rob or Eric Crocker, and you're not aware of my work yet, you know, I will call out the words of this football team. This isn't fanboy podcast. This is, I, I questioned John Lynch this offseason a little bit when, when he didn't get Earl Thomas, when they re-signed Jimmy Ward, when they don't really have a plan at high free safety. Um, it concerns me because Seattle had Earl Thomas and he was really the key piece. And when he went down, the defense started to crumble. We shall see. That's the greatest thing about the NFL. The NBA, too, this next season, we have no idea what's going to happen in the NBA. They finally have that feeling. It, every year in the NFL, we're a little quite unsure of how things are going to go. There's projections. There's everything on roster. I mean, we should talk about Kyle. So we we went over the roster. Let's talk about Kyle a little bit. Year three, him in more command. I think 80% of 49ers fans are giving him the thumbs up so far. He's done his best. And 20% are criticizing him a little bit in the sense that you know he's very focused on being the offensive coordinator his priorities need to get straight in game management um some of his personnel decisions on offense have not panned out cj bethard was an early round pick joe williams kyle has not been scot-free but for the most part you know he's developed kittle into a star the offense is in a, in the right spot 
they had to pay Jimmy Garoppolo that money. We'll see what he can develop him into. This team, if everything happens correctly, could be the Falcons of, what was that, 2016. This offense could hit historic levels. Jimmy G could have 5,000 yards passing if everything happens correctly. I don't think it will. I think that you know they'll run into some brick walls here. They still don't have they don't have Julio Jones yet. They don't have um, Jimmy G. Just doesn't have the experience that Matt Ryan has within this offense. Matt Ryan took his lumps the first year with Kyle. Jimmy G's. It's just been such a random collection of games that he's played. He's got to play the full season. He's got to stay upright. He can't be fighting for extra yards. He can't be Carson Wentz. That is a good way to stunt your NFL career and stunt you from becoming the best quarterback. Get down, take the sack. That'll be the big coaching point from Kyle to Jimmy G. I think Kyle's handling everything really, really well. The Injuries is, you know, we can just leave it there for a second. Injuries, if this team is battling them again, there's going to have to be something totally drastic in what's happening here. It can't be three years of every single person on IR. Something will really be up. So, I mean... Normally in the NFL, you do not have back-to-back seasons of really bad injuries. The 49ers, knock on wood, are due for a semi-healthy year. If they get Debo Samuel firing, if Tevin Coleman is a big addition, if the O-line remains stable, the D-line's now in the top half of the league in sacks and pressures, you can see a formula for everything working here. And the 49ers winning the division, going 10-6, 11-5. They have a tough-ass schedule. We've got to play the AFC North, which is going to be a, a really damn good division now that the Browns are legit. They're going to have some primetime games. They have got to capitalize early. Week one at Tampa Bay has got to be a win. You've got to go in there and beat Jameis and Bruce Arians. If you're a playoff team, the Buccaneers are one of the easier teams you're going to play this year. And then at Cincinnati, so it's a weird start. Both road games, but both teams are not that good. So if you split there, you're okay. But you're hoping to go 2-0. If you go 0-2 there, you're going to be in big, big trouble with the Steelers at home. If you're 0-3 headed into a bye week, there are going to be you're going to have your Jason Lock and Foros and those people in the world reporting that John Lynch is on the hot seat. You're going to have all, you know, not calling them fake news, but you're going to have all the rumor mills going. So you've got to avoid that. A 2-1 and one start is necessary. The early bye week is weird. It's, a, it's just a really weird schedule. Early bye week and then Monday night Browns, then at Rams. So, you know, like two really tough games back-to-back after a bye. Um, and both of them on national TV. So early part of the schedule going to be very important. The schedule finish is really, really tough. Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks. You're, you know, every game is going to be a coin flip. You're not going to be favored, perhaps, unless things really break your way. From Thanksgiving on, the 49ers could be underdogs probably in, in most of these games. We'll see. We shall see. Striking gold. <laughs> you don't have to hear the KJ podcast anymore. Striking gold. I think we're going to do that with this podcast feed. I think Rob... And Crocker are two very different personalities that play off each other really damn well. And Rob's in control in this really, you know, 
well-mannered teacher that has really good football points and croc is he's got his style and it's all upbeat and i I just like the energy those two are giving off and we're going to continue to experiment on blue wire have multiple podcasters per feeds um if you like this podcast i'm actually going to start a newsletter for it and just stay tuned on that we're probably you know that's where i'll put a little bit of my 49ers writing that i'm not putting on twitter right now probably just 250 words 300 words once a week Oh, I went back and listened to my pod. I forgot to say this about Quan Alexander. So we're we're trying to engage fans in a in a different way here through podcasting and through emails. Um, you know, let the athletic have the articles. We're gonna do some some different things. Appreciate you listening. There's gonna be a lot more to discuss. That was a quick overview. Um, you know, now is not the time to say John Lynch hot seat this season. You know, there's good vibes. Training camp, everyone's healthy. Hopefully, Nick Bosa's on a plan. Watch for him in training camp. Is he getting off days as a rookie? Because it will rub some of the players the wrong way. I think that's that's a big point here. He has his own way how he manages his body. You know, you could have some 49ers players being like, dude, you're hurt often because you take time off and you're doing weird things. So some nuggets are going to come out about his you know, strength and conditioning program. Is he going to be on his own thing or is he going to be with the 49ers? I think that's a storyline. Obviously got to get him and Debo Samuel signed. No holdouts here. Give them the fucking offset language. Get them whatever they want. Don't set off a bad tone. You have the money. I know Paraglex winning the negotiations. It's not worth it to have them miss any of camp. And you can be the flip side and be like, oh, what holdout has ever sucked? It's just bad juju. It's bad energy around the team. There's no need for this. This is a, you know, anything can set a team off. Don't rock the boat too hard. Kyle is steering this boat. Having a holdout is unnecessary attention over a few million dollars. <laughs> when you think about it, the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, how much economic impact the 49ers can have, they're winning. Fuck that. Just get the deals done. That's what I say as we're talking to some of these high-level brands with Blue Wire. You know, sacrifice a little bit of revenue right now. Sacrifice a little bit of you know your bank account. Let's make shit happen. We'll figure it out later. The 49ers have got to take these chances, get these guys in camp. Um yeah, tons to, to go over. Just recapping quickly, Jimmy G, why I'm so excited about him is Pat Mahomes. S- similar playing styles after the play breaks down can make something out of nothing. And now more weapons surrounding Jimmy G like Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel, Dante Pettis that can break free on a one-on-one coverage. And you can have a lot of long touchdowns this year from the 49ers. And they could be a fantasy darling because there's a lot of yards, a lot of points going up. Um, I think Tevin Coleman has the upper hand at running back as I read the tea leaves. But I think Matt Breida has a big role. Jet McKinnon has a lot of work to do. Um, Receiver Kendrick Bourne feels like the odd man out to me. But it could be Jordan Matthews too if he's slow and they realize right away, hey, this isn't going to work. Kendrick led us in receptions last year. We're going to keep him. Uh, Monitor that. Kittle and the tight ends. Uh, is Jalen Hurd gonna? Is he gonna line up a tight end? Uh, Jalen Hurd, very intriguing prospect that we barely touched today. We'll talk a lot about him in camp. O line, I'm medium on. I'm leaning towards a little worried, but interior gotta prove it. McGlinchey, love him. Staley getting a little old. I think some decline this season is to be expected. At a 35 year old left tackle, D line is the most excited thing about this team right now. 
Linebackers, Quan Alexander has a big contract and he's going to have to really prove it, I think, with turnovers. If he's not producing turnovers, you're going to be like, hmm. And they do have an out in his contract and it's not that bad as every 49ers fan celebrates every contract win. Uh, but yeah, the, the secondary, let's not end on such a sour note. They're going to be fine, but not good enough to me to win multiple playoff games. Maybe this team sneaks in the playoffs and wins a game, but then I think you start facing elite quarterbacks late in the playoffs and the secondary will ultimately let the team down. All right, KJ Pot. <laughs> All right, striking gold with Kevin Jones, Blue Wire Sports Podcasting Network, bluewirepods.com. Be on the lookout for the upload if you're interested in conversations about media and tech. I'm going to be talking to different investors, different CEOs of companies, um, probably some sports people as well. Uh, you know, have a loose plan to start having some more conversations about where media is headed in the 2020s as, you know, the pie is shifting drastically. Used to be TV, radio, print. This pie is being distributed. Billions of dollars are up in the air right now. Blue Wire is a company hoping to, you know, capitalize um, while these big companies were kind of asleep at the wheel. All right, let's talk again next week. Rob and Croc will have some episodes. They're both going to be at training camp and have eyes on the field. And I'll give you my opinions and analysis. All right. Striking gold. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He died.